Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest state in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Welcome, everyone, to a animal-filled episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and I am joined once again by... Kyra Hawkins. Hey! On cue and everything! No, I was paying attention this time. (laughs) Oh, so you're saying on other episodes you aren't paying attention? Is that what's... No. I don't know why I said that, honestly. (laughs) Okay, well, this will be the last episode with Kara Hawkins on it, and we're leaving it on. (laughs) I kid, I kid. I was ready that time. Well, this is a perfect movie for you to be ready, because there is so much to be talking about. We are here to talk about the July 31st for Blockbuster, known as The Bears and I. It did a whopping $4 million in revenue. I wonder why. Well, we'll get into that later gonna say i think it might have been the opposite of a blockbuster and that four million translates into about 24 million in today's money which considering i thought it was james garner that was the original lead character that wouldn't even pay his salary in the movie but it was not so that may have been good for james garner yeah well i didn't realize that um the main character played by Patrick Wayne. I didn't realize that that was that he's John Wayne's son. Really? It's, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, the more you know. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Um. Which I mean, we'll get into this in a minute, but like maybe that tracks a little. John Wayne, sadly, like as revered as he is, has a bad um had a bad history of racism towards Native Americans. So. Um, yeah. Well, now that we know who the main character is, does that explain why you had such a hard time sticking in a awake state for this movie? <laughs> um, should we explain that? Okay. <laughs> I cannot stay awake through John Wayne movies or most Westerns. Um, I think we probably have talked about it on a way past episode, but yeah. Um, I didn't know that it was Patrick Wayne, son of John Wayne, until um, after I was about halfway through, as I was just kind of digging around to try to stay awake. (laughs) But I don't know if it was him. I think, honestly, it was the movie. It took me three tries to watch this. Well, that is two more tries than it took me. I was a one and done on this. So... Alright, so the synopsis, as always, comes to us care of Wikipedia, and it goes a little something like this. Bob Leslie, a Vietnam veteran, goes to the remote homeland of a fallen comrade to deliver his personal effects to his father, a First Nations chief and shaman. He is taken with the beauty of the West and decides to stay a while to find himself. Bob finds three orphan cubs and begins to raise them with the intent of releasing, of teaching them to be independent. However, in the process, he grows attached to them, causing them to waver in his 
causing him to waver in his determination to release them back into the wild. Meanwhile, the indigenous people faces eviction by the federal government, which wants to build facilities in the part of the national park where they reside. Bob tries several times to speak to the park board on their behalf, but his ignorance of native history leads to conflict between him and his friend's people. Some register evident frustration, while others resist the authorities' intent with threats of violence. As the tension escalates, one man turns his anger towards Bob and attacks his home and the bears, leading to a forest fire that endangers the park and its inhabitants, both human and animal. As he comes to understand the wisdom of his friend's father and the dangers the bears face, Bob realizes that he must push the bears away. The end. What are your first thoughts of this wonderful movie? Um, the first thing that I messaged you when I was watching it was I paused it thinking I was about half done and it had only been 25 minutes. <laughs> so I guess my first thought would be this is really slow. Yeah, which you don't honestly expect a movie involving either animals or um, Native Americans or indigenous people to be a slow barn burner. Which, boy, there was some burning towards the end of that movie. But yeah. we'll get into that. Literal barn burning. Yes. Well, cabin, but still. Cabin in the woods burning. Yeah. So I knocked it out in however long it took me plus 20 minutes. Because I think I had to pause it a couple of times to go replenish my drink to keep me going. <laughs> if any of you have watched this movie and liked this movie, please write us. Let us know what we're missing because I'm not a fan. Even knowing that John Wayne's son was the lead character in this movie. And I have a very good amount of respect for John Wayne which means I have a little bit less respect for his son now, having watched this. So, um, I tried to look, because the first thing that I noticed was that this movie was edited for content, and nowhere on the internet can I find what was edited out, or what was actually cut to make this edited. Everything just said this movie was edited by Disney, when they put it up on Disney Plus. Yeah, so. I honestly I didn't notice that until um, right before we started recording, and I was like, oh, if I, I guess because I had pushed play and like turned <laughs> away or something, I was like, if I would have noticed that, I would have d- tried to dig into it, but I'm late to that. Yeah. So the second thing that struck me was the fact that we had one indigenous person that was actually named. Everyone else, all the other quote-unquote indigenous people were played by non-indigenous people. Yeah. Like the um, guy that actually ran the store. I think his name was Oliver. That that sounds British enough for me, so. Um, and then we had... Oliver Redfern is his name. No, that was the... Wasn't Red... Was, Redfern was the good guy or the bad guy? Because there was, there was two non-indigenous people. Yeah, um, no, it's, um, Oliver Redfern was the guy who ran the store. Okay. Um, and, um, I looked it up and I think he is, was actually Lebanese. Okay. Yeah. That actor was Lebanese. And then, um, 
the quote unquote villain's name was Sam Eagle Speaker. And I think I couldn't find anything. Well, actually, yeah, I did. He is American, but of Spanish descent, not Native American. Okay. Yeah. So we had that working against. But the one um, Native or Indigenous actor was actually a chief um, in real life before he started acting. So, I mean, they got that right. Yeah, that's about the only thing that they actually got right in this movie. Yeah. Because then we actually get into the movie and Sam Eagle Speaker, or I'm probably mixing the guy's names now. No, I think that's right. You got it. He or one of the people in his party shoots the mama bear, and the there are three cubs, which I'm a stickler for details, which is probably why I've been doing this podcast for as long as I have. And he said that a black bear and a brown bear are the same bear. No. They're actually two different species of bears. So somebody, either he didn't get that corrected when he sent that off to the publisher, because I think this was based on a a book. Yeah, a book that's, um, like, it was a true story, allegedly. I didn't dig too deep into that, so I'm just accepting it as fact it was a true story. So you didn't actually go right out to the library and say, I want a copy of The Bears and I to find out what Robert Franklin Leslie was actually thinking. No, okay. didn't care that much. Okay. I just like made a mental note, like, oh, it's based on a book, based on a true story. Okay. So, <clears throat> sorry. Yeah, so he had no clue about black bears and brown bears. He just knew that he now had he now had three bears to take care of. And he called them his kids, which drove me crazy <laughs> throughout, where he's just like, hey, kids, all right, kids, come on, like, no, that's not, no, I mean, he, he, he kept saying like he was trying to teach them how to be bears. I just rolled my eyes every time. This was actually the movie where we needed Baloo to leap in. <laughs> and do a big bear swipe. Right? The end. <laughs> oh yeah. It, it just, I was annoyed, um. At some point, I mean, he's not, you're supposed to leave them alone, like, or, I don't know, get um, a game ranger involved, I don't know. But he didn't, and it ticked the natives off, of course it did. Um, at some point they say that they're people of bears, or people of the bears, or something like that. Yeah. And um, they're warning him, like, you need to leave them alone. You shouldn't be doing this. Let's free the bears. And he's like, they're free. I'm just going to teach them how to be bears. <laughs> like, Atoskane, the, the chief, his mm-hmm. friend, dad, explains why. And he I, he says, um, I wasn't, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but he wasn't <laughs> going to let Indian superstition get in the way of his plans for these bears. And oh, as soon as he, like, I was irritated already because <laughs> just like being disrespectful and kind of blowing them off. But as soon as he said the phrase Indian superstition, I just, my head almost exploded. 
Um, and I'll just be up front and say, I am a white lady. Um, I have like, I mean, I live in Oklahoma. Many of my friends, um, have native heritage and, um, like you just, that's not how you talk about it. It's, it, he was just being so disrespectful to their beliefs and, um, it, oh, it just, it got all over me. Yeah. And I think we're like. 18 minutes into the film so you haven't even reached the quote-unquote halfway point halfway yeah. point of the movie so i mean this guy was i mean bless him he was trying but he was going about everything the wrong way mm-hmm. because he actually stated somewhere in the movie that wildlife is born tame and made wild by people um leslie said that yes oh i I guess I'm glad I didn't hear that because I probably would have had copious notes about it. (laughs) Well, and I mean, I grew up in Northern Virginia. So, I mean, I saw deer that were like 10 feet away from me that had nice racks on them for deer that my dad would, if they were deer season, would have put them on the wall. They weren't tame just because they're 10 feet away, because as soon as you open the door, they're going to bolt. Yep. So, I mean, he, bless him. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. Well, like, he's, at one point, he is like, uh, he acts like he's surprised that they were frightened when he slams a door like they're doing bear things and he's mm-hmm. like you guys shouldn't do that like well they're bears not human children and i found it comical that um he is able to like tame them and earn their trust or whatever in like a day yeah and all that he had was it looked like he had sawmill gravy and some biscuits yeah so either of these bears were very hungry and just were looking for food, which, I mean, hey, if my mama wasn't around and I was trying to figure out where to eat, I might have gone after sawmill gravy, too. Who yeah. Knows? But, I mean, I don't know. Like, there's a reason why you don't feed wild animals. But, and, again, the the, the tribe um, trying to tell him, like, stop it, and he's like, I do what I want. Well, he doesn't say that. Basically. <laughs> that, that that would have been a very Karen move. And that's what he did through the whole movie. And, oh, just... Well, man. now, the, the thing that got me was... I mean, how long were the bears with him when the park ranger played by the guy who wasn't Ponch off of Chips <laughs> showed up? Yeah, that... Um... <laughs> So, I wondered that, too. Well, by that time, he had um, had them long enough that they were following him around, and he took them to town, uh, town, took them to the, like... Indian reservation. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. They're not on a reservation right now. That's their ancestral land Mm -hmm. that they're still on. So, he takes the bears into the village on leashes, um, which just makes them even more angry like you you shouldn't be doing that but um he'd had them long enough by the time the parks guy shows up that um they were falling around everywhere so yeah it was a parks and rec guy not a i thought it was a um 
a land ma- bureau of land management or something like that guy. Yeah. So it was a, it was a parks and rec guy that showed up, and if he was a smart, well-adjusted American, he should have turned the bears over there, and then we would have had a 25-minute nature documentary on what not to do with bears. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess we could address the um, the parks plot point, which is that the federal <laughs> government is about to swoop in. <laughs> And kick these um, people off their ancestral land to make a national park. And with the promise of um, a reserve on some lake. And it's going to be bigger and better than you have now. um, Which is wrong on every level. We know this. Yes. And so apparently this has been going on for quite some time. Because um, the main parks guys like well every time we come down they just disappear well no sherlock (laughs) yeah you just you see an airplane fly over where you've been living for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and possibly thousands of years and you're gonna scatter you don't want anything to do with him because white men always bring bad news yeah well it just it made me laugh that um they see a white dude living there and they get all excited. Like, okay, we'll just get, we'll get to them through him. Um, gross, just gross all around. Um, and then of course, a Toscan a sees Bob Leslie talking to the feds or someone sees it and it gets around to all of them in the village. So then they are just like kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? isolating um i don't know they they like they're being even more closed off to him than they had been previously um so yeah yeah. so i mean all throughout this movie we've got the threat which is a legitimate threat of the government coming in declaring eminent domain on indigenous people's land and meanwhile, Bob's just out there trying to raise a bear the way the bear would be. Yeah. Should well, be. and he's, he, uh, I think, um, we didn't address this, but like at the very beginning, like he, you know, he's going to take a Toscanese son, like his son passed away and he's taking his things back to his mm-hmm. family. Um, and decides to stay out there to like find himself or something, get back in touch with himself. I don't remember. Um, which I, that makes sense. I guess he just came home from war Trauma, mm-hmm. great. Good for you, Bob Leslie. Like, I'm glad that you're taking time to process things and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's just out there um, doing his thing and finding himself. But, like, I don't know, disrespecting them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's one thing to set up in the, mid- in the middle of a indigenous person's land, a la Dances with Wolves. Or, I'm trying to think, there's like several movies that are based on that basic premise. But all of them actually respect what the indigenous people say. They he doesn't they don't just brush it off and, well, oh, that's hokum. We're going to get through this on our own way. Yeah. And so, he's got three wild bears, which are not tame bears even though they come to him every time that he calls to him, And he's pretty much 
trying to be Mama Bear, which I think is another Disney movie from like the 90s. And I don't think it's this kind of a movie. But, um, so a couple of things before we get in, before we break down where everything goes wrong. Not that everything hasn't already gone wrong yeah. <laughs> with the movie. At the very beginning, after he had lured the bears in, and I'm going to leave it at that. Y'all can write me hate mail if you don't agree with me. But he lures the bears in, and then he starts teaching them how to hunt for grubs. I'm sorry, this movie was released 21 years before A Lion King came out. Where did he? How did he know to look in the trees for the slimy, satisfying grubs that would basically nourish a bear? Uh, right. Well, later in the movie, he starts studying, um, like natural science or whatever. Yeah, through through a mail order course. Yeah, and but at this point, he hasn't done that, so I don't know. Like, that's a good question. Like, how did he? How did he already know that? I guess we're just left to wonder. My thing was um, that he was like trying to teach them to tree, which they already know how to climb a tree. And they already, I mean, they do that at the very beginning. They climb a tree when there is danger to, you know, to protect themselves. And then he's like, I got to teach them how to tree. And so he teaches them how to tree by just like yelling tree at them, which was like, oh, you are such a white guy. Sorry. (laughs) Well, and see, right after that, they go after a baby elk. And I'm watching, I'm trying to maintain my level of cool, because, I mean, we're probably 25 minutes into the movie. This is probably where you thought we were halfway through. Yeah. And so the bears catch the scent of a baby elk and start doing what they're supposed to do. And suddenly the mama elk shows up and Bob decides it's a smart idea to shoot the mama elk, not shoot, Shoe, because he never took a gun during any of these, which, I mean, if you just came home from war, I can understand that, but he shoes the mama elk from her place. He doesn't try to say, all right, kids, let's go home. You're not supposed to mess with the mama and our babies, because I think he was referring to them as kids and they were coming, running at that point in time, right? So after all this, he somehow gets the smart knowledge that bears appetite doubles with every pound that they put on i wish i would have thought like that stood out to me but not enough that i had the presence of mind to like fact check it i didn't fact check it because he's already gotten so much wrong at this point in time that it's like you're wrong a bear's appetite probably doubles every other day until they get to hibernation age he's just like making these like asinine observations i just i wanted to i wanted to tell him to shut up (laughs) but then he decides well i'm going to start studying natural science and he gets the mail order course i think he studies it like over the winter while the bears are hibernating and he learns he learns so much yeah and and so suddenly there's I mean, he's the foremost expert on all types of trees and all this and that. So, obviously, he earned his Bachelor of Arts 
from natural science from the University of Sheboygan. <laughs> and I'm sorry for our three listeners in Sheboygan. Well, I would say he got his BS all right. <laughs> but the he he sent off for that, like when he went to town with the bears on the leash. Yeah. And the books actually don't show up until there's three feet of snow on the ground Something and the bears are hibernating. In the or... root cellar, which made me think, as soon as there was bears in the root cellar, I thought of those Callaways because they have a bear in the root cellar. <laughs> now, was that a black bear or a brown bear? They're the same. It doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so... Winter comes, winter goes, the bears come out, they're all sleek, stylish, lost all their baby fat, and they take off. And he makes the comment that the, was it Patchy or Scratchy? Uh, That always comes back. Because it was Patchy, Scratchy, and Rusty. I think it was Patch. The one that he lured in first always comes back sooner than the other two. So, meanwhile, the Parks and Rec people have been trying to get in contact with the indigenous people about their extended warranty on their cars. Yeah, well, they're just like, uh, this is coming no matter what, so you can get out of the way or get out of the way. Yeah, and so they land their plane, they come into town. Actually, no, they drive in to town. and Like the construction crew is there. And they just start saying, well, you've been warned about this several times. And that's it. Go ahead and start knocking stuff down. Yeah, they just start doing it. I liked here that um, the natives kind of declare war on them. They're just sabotaging their efforts. I loved when the one guy like stole the truck. And yeah. <laughs> set it to drive itself over the edge of the cliff or whatever that was, or embankment. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. That was. I was like, yes, please fight back. I was so scared at this point of how it was going to end. I just thought, man, they're going to like end up giving in. Um, that's not what happens. No. So somewhere during the knockdown and takeover of the indigenous people's land, Sam Eaglesby takes it upon himself to go hunting for bear. Yeah. Well, because he's, so the whole thing is like, as they, and they told him in the beginning, as long as you have these bears, bad things are going to happen. And so that's what, I mean, they weren't wrong. Bad things are happening. I think at this point, you're right. Sam is like going to take care of business himself. It seems like he kind of is out for revenge against Bob Leslie. Well, I don't know if it was so much he was out for revenge or he just, wanted to try to do away with the bears because it's kind of like in those Callaways where they saw the geese coming and you're going to shoot the geese. Mm -hmm. Well, you saw a bear, you pull out your gun and you start shooting. It doesn't matter if it's rabbit season, duck season, pig season, or boar season, you're going to shoot a bear. I wonder, so he does end up hitting Patch or whatever the favorite is. Mm -hmm. Um, I wondered if they really hurt this bear because it they had to have at least tranquilized it yeah because it lays there so still for most of the rest of the movie because it's been shot mm-hmm. um 
I mean, I guess they could have, um, if they tranquilized the bear, they could have used like fake blood or whatever. But we've seen Disney, and we've talked about it multiple times, like actually put animals into dangerous situations mm-hmm. so they can record their reactions. Yeah. So, like, I hope that that's not really what happened, but if we found out that that's what it was, it would not surprise me at this point. Yeah, so anyway, uh, Eagle Speaker shoots the favorite bear, and somehow Bob finds out that Eagle Speaker has shot the bear, and they get into a fight because Bob sees him running out of his cabin. Actually, excuse me, not his cabin, the um, Redfern's cabin, who he's been staying at this cabin for over a year probably now. Yeah. And... Eagle Speaker has set the place on fire, which in turn leads to a massive brush fire, a um, forest fire, mm-hmm. which Bob doesn't even worry about. He pretty much doesn't worry about the fire. He's more worried about his favorite bear. Yeah, which, I mean, really, like, I guess at this point it's just a pet. So I guess I could kind of see that. But, I don't know, he gets the bear to safety, and then it's like he doesn't even remember that his house is on fire and the forest is on fire. Yeah, but somehow through all this, the indigenous people, minus the chief and his six elders, and all the parks and rec people, and the rest of the um, construction people, all decide to take on the fire, and they knock it out like it's no business. Yeah, so I liked seeing that, um, like, oh, it doesn't matter that we have these differences, we're all going to jump in and tackle this problem together. Um, mm-hmm. I w- it's so obvious, it doesn't need to be explained. And then here comes narrator Bob Leslie to say, well, it took a fire and they all worked together, that brought them together. Like, we didn't need that explanation, we just saw it. But yeah. thanks, Bob. Yeah, and I actually said, it's just like a white man to try to talk to the indigenous people and for the indigenous people. Yeah. It was very early mansplaining. Yes. Well, and I mean, he's already kind of done this throughout the whole movie, but then it gets worse. Um, Like, he's kind of been a go-between between between, um, the natives and parks, and then you think it's about to get better because they've like kind of come together to put out this fire. Mm-hmm. Park's guy is not backing down, but Bob thinks he's going to be the one that solves the problem. Um, and so the reason why I said with the exception of the chief and his six elders, which was probably the most heartbreaking part of the movie, not that the bear got shot. No, because you can always get a new bear. I mean, <laughs> Just go shoot another mama and you got another bear. <laughs> Please don't write hate mail. That was a joke. He's being sarcastic. So the elder Chief Atascate and his six elders say, well, we were born on this land. We're going to die on this land. Yeah. So um, I wrote the whole speech down. Um, oh, we, we kind of skipped a part, but like speaking of Bob, like, speaking for the natives he like convinces Atoscane to like 
I don't know the right phrasing, but to help the the bear that was shot, um, like with his, I know I'm going to get this wrong and I don't mean to, but like whatever his like native medicinal um, knowledge is. He was a medicine man as, yeah. as well as a, as well as the chief. Yeah. So he like convinces him to help the bear by like invoking the name of his dead son, of, of a Toscanese dead son by like, it, it almost seems like he's so arrogant and he does this again a few minutes later to like assume that he knows or knew the son, um, large better mm-hmm. than a Toscanese, his father. So it's just whatever stupid, but he saves the bear. Rah, rah. But I did write down the entire speech that a Toscanese gives to the parks guy because it just, I burst into tears um, he's just how passionately he is defending his, his tribe and his land and his, their position, like white men always do this. We were here long before you were, and we're not going to, we're not going to leave. We're going to die here. And, um, says, and if the time has come, we will die right now. And I just, I had to pause the movie because I was crying so hard because we know how this turned out for so many people. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't have. So, like, I don't know. Like, I've been reading and studying this a little here and there over the last couple of years. And it just, it, I don't know. It, it just felt like a shot through the heart. It, it broke my heart. And it also made me just think of all of the people that this happened to needlessly in mm-hmm. So, the chief, his six elders, they all go up to the top of a mountain to die. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, they're like going to fast and and pray, I think they say. Yeah, Um, they're going to fast, they're going to pray, and when it's their time, they're going to go. Yeah. And and I'm thinking, all right, this is a Disney movie. I know Disney has done some dark dark stuff. I mean, they killed Bambi's mama. (laughs) But you're not going to let indigenous people just die. Yeah. I mean, the parks guy is like, whoa, 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 that's not what we want. Um but I think it's Oliver is like, well, that's what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just how it is. Of course, then Bob Leslie thinks that he's the one that needs to go up there and talk some sense into them. Yeah. Again, we get a second really good. Um, it's not really a speech, but a Toscanay says something to um, Bob that again, I had to pause the movie because it made me cry so much. Um, which I didn't expect because I did not enjoy this movie. But like the last few minutes of it really um, got under my skin, not in a bad way. Um, but he's, you know, he's like telling, he's telling them, telling um, Bob, like white men are like coyotes. They just go from hunting ground to hunting ground. Mm-hmm. But like bears keep the same hunting ground and we are the people of the bears. Um, and then he's like, this, but this is our home. Uh Bob is like try still like I'm gonna talk some sense into these people, um, and then he he's like, do you not know what home is? Do you, does home mean anything to you? It just it squeezed my heart so much. Yeah, and so I mean I'm I'm sitting here trying to figure out where this movie's going. We got maybe ten minutes left in the film at this point. And I'm like, all right, well, it's either going to go one of two ways. It's either going to go very badly, 
for the indigenous people or it's going to be a nice tidy bow tie disney happy go lucky ending yeah so the next morning patch wakes up and is hungry and so bob's like all right well the bear's fine but the chief had said that if the bear survives you have to drive him away and and he agreed to it yeah and he agreed to it and so the bear goes off and Bob follows him back to what's left of the cabin. And he's like, all of my things that I've had since I came back are gone. I don't know what I'm going to do. Oh, poor pitiful me. Yeah. And meanwhile, he had talked to the Parks and Rec guy about a, about, well, why can't you make the people park rangers? And I'm like, oh, well, that's actually not a bad idea. Having, not having seen the movie, so I don't know how it ends, not having read the book, which, I mean, the book might end very terribly, and we just don't get that in the Disney version. Not that I'm going to search out the book tomorrow, but so Bob goes back to, he pulls out a um, sleeping bag, and he's sleeping, and the, and Patch comes up, and you have a I'm trying to remember what what Disney movies that we've seen where you actually shoe off an animal, or did all of them come after this movie, where this was the first one of you just go on and get? Yeah, I have no idea. And Patch doesn't understand what's going on because this dude has like spoiled this bear, so he's not a bear; he's a dog, basically. Yeah, which is exactly what he was warned about. So. So he kind of got what was coming to him, but then somehow, oh yeah, he, he has to actually hit the bear with a log to get him to not climb into the boat with him and Chief Atoskine and Oliver. Yeah. Or was it a rope? I don't know. It it, I, it was it was some instrument of... Of swiping. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Atoskine's like, you promised you would do this. Like, basically, what he has been saying throughout the whole movie, like, if you don't drive this bear away, bad things are going to keep happening. Like, you mm -hmm. promised you'd do this, and I'll do it. You have to. So, Bob's crying. He makes one swipe at the bear with whatever, the rope or the log or the oar or whatever it was. And the bear goes off, and happy little ending for them. Yeah. He finds... His brother and sister, or whatever they were. Yeah, the the red, the brown bear, and the other black bear that are all the same kind of bear. Yeah. So, and then we actually do get the nice little happy Disney bow tie ending. Oh, by the way, look, they've made us assistant park de park rangers. Yeah, they like uh, Atascane. Like again, has a beautiful, um, not speech, but speech, I guess. Mm -hmm. Like we had this vision and he explains and then he's like, I, we were going to get a token from the white man and the token is their deputy park ranger badges. And then he's like kind of smiling and says, uh, basically like, not only do we get to stay, do, do we get to stay on our ancestral land? Cut makes me so mad to think of, <laughs> um, that, that like they're being allowed to keep what was already theirs. 
whatever. I could rant on that forever. Like, not only do we get to stay, they're paying us to stay, and they're building us houses. So he's, like, happy about that. Everyone's happy. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. And Leslie is like, they found a loophole to my idea, which, like, allows him to feel good about how he saved the day. And I think we're supposed to feel that way, too. Like, oh, he saved them. So there's your tidy little hour and, what, 20-minute movie? Yeah. And we took an hour to describe it. Yeah, the the runtime of this movie was one of the highlights of it. And so, did we miss any parts? Is there anything that, that you're dying to bring to light? I don't think so. I mean, it's we hit the big parts, I think, and okay. some of the smaller ones, too. Yeah, alright. Well, of course, that's going to bring us to the three very important questions. What is today's impact on the movie? It wouldn't have been made. Mm, it, yeah. I mean, I don't know how the true story ended, but, like, there's so much wrong with this. Um, I never I never want to watch this again. If I did push play on this again, I would be fast-forwarding to a Toscanese speech to the parks director because it had that big of an effect on me. It was, like, the only actually good part of the movie to see this native leader standing up for his for his people and his land so yeah today's impact on this movie is that we we know better well most of us do we should know better yeah um question number two is this mirrored in culture this specific movie no (laughs) i mean these questions pretty much write themselves for this one yeah and thirdly, how does this fit into today's society? Man, so I wish that I like would have thought about this a little more than I have. Um, but then I probably would have ended up giving like a 10-minute speech about it. <laughs> well, I mean... Um, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to answer this question. There's just like, <laughs> there's so much wrong here that we know is wrong. And maybe even in the 70s, they knew it was wrong, but it was accepted more. Um, I think now um, Native people and allies are not as quiet about accepting some of the things that that we as a society used to accept. So, um, yeah, there's that. It fits into today's society in that it shouldn't happen in today's in today's society. Yeah. All right. Um, do you have anything else to add before no. we go and chuck this in the river? No, I really don't this time. All right. All right. Well, for those of you who have stuck around to the end, congratulations. Your gold star is in the mail. Along with your um, natural science course textbooks. So it should be there by the time that the first no comes to you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we did that good. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who are regulars, you know we have homework, just like your natural science textbooks. Our homework is not always this smack you in the face and make you not want to come back. And next week's, I'm hoping, will not be. It is actually the James Garner movie that I thought this was. Yes, 
James Garner and Castaway Cowboy. That's all I know. I just know that James Garner is the main character. So it should be a romping, stomping, rooting, tooting, Cairo will fall asleep trying to watch it kind of movie. <laughs> I was going to say, like, tune in next week to find out if I stayed awake. Um, but I'll say I like James Garner, like the handful of things I've seen him in. He's from Oklahoma, which makes it more fun for me, I guess. <laughs> he, he's actually not – he's from a – town that's not too far from where i live so that's kind of exciting okay well we will we will discuss james garner's hometown next week when we break down castaway cowboy and find out if it is better or worse than this movie oh i just thought of something i want to add real quick (laughs) um we both got um those callaways suggested to us at the end of the bears and i um we you like sent me a picture of it like being like oh lord no i sent you the picture of my screen when i got the suggestion i wanted to tell you because i didn't earlier i pushed play on it just to see if the glitch was still there if you don't know what i'm talking about scroll back in your podcast feed and find where we talked about those callaways there's a glitch i pushed play just to see still there they don't want us to watch that movie. So, all right. Now that we know how you feel about this movie, and this will be the last thought, better or worse than those Callaways? Since it is kind of in the same vein. Mm. Um, that's really hard, but I'm going to say better. Um, because Really? Yeah, because of how it ends, um, you have a better depiction of Native people in this one. Over that one where um, they kind like, there's, in those Callaways, all of the white people in the town are, like, talking about the, the natives as though they're crazy. Um, I think that they infer that white people are respectable and the natives are not, etc. None of that happens in this movie. Um, there's, there's not a, a uh, content warning for negative depictions of a culture. Um, it was all actually really good depictions of a culture. Just Bob Leslie was too stupid to listen to what they were going to say. So um, I would still, I would still, if I had to choose between the two, I would choose the Bears and I. Okay. Well, there you go. A half-hearted thumbs up from Kyra Hawkins. <laughs> if you have two movies that you kind of have to watch, pick this one over the other one. Which Disney doesn't want for you to see? Yeah. Oh, all right. Now we well, can chuck this in the river. Yes, we can definitely chuck it in the river. So, until next time we talk, stay safe, stay hungry, and stay out of the root cellar at Christmas. <laughs> talk to y'all later. It's going to be cold in that root cellar anyways. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. 
Yeah, we talked about that the third Thursday of last week. Whoops. It's the multiverse is possible. 